0: Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Today, as I have that old hymnal song chorus stuck in my mind that goes, Anytime time I don't know, Lord, what to do, I will cast all of my cares upon you. I have to think of how often it is that we sit in prayer and ask God what to do. What do you want me to do? What should I do? And that's not entirely wrong. We should seek his wisdom and instruction. But I think that it's more important to simply come to him and ask him to fix it, to worship him, to praise him, to seek his heart on a situation because we are called to follow Jesus, not our knowledge. And sometimes I think we seek understanding, thinking that we have to figure out how he wants us to fix something so that we can go and do it. And our heart and focus and faith isn't on him at all, when in actuality, he wants us to come and get a word from him, a promise, and then believe it enough to begin to prepare for it and wait for him to accomplish it. Ultimately, that is our responsibility and expectation. To do whatever little minute things prove that we still have faith in it. Not to actually make it happen or bring it about, but to continue to pray it through, to seek Him in faith every day for the little things that He expects us to do that continue to prove that we're still waiting and believing for this impossible thing that He has promised So again, I remind you that whatever your situation or circumstance, follow Jesus, not knowledge. Remember the two trees that were in the garden, and don't fall for it. Because knowledge makes you think that you can lead. So I'm warning you today, don't be deceived. Because that is pride. Don't eat of that bad fruit, don't swallow that lie. You have to seek God every day for the strength, for the wisdom, for the encouragement, for the grace, and keep following, keep following, keep following what he's saying. Because the truth is this, is that you will never know enough to start leading without first and continually seeking. We ought to not ever lean upon our own understanding but rather we are simply to seek and to pray and to relay his messages as he gives them. What we get from him in our time of abiding and refreshing, of being baptized and saturated in his presence, rather that is encouragement or correction. It's in these wildernesses that he reveals himself to us, like a bridegroom does during a courtship. In other words, it's where we really get to know him, his characteristics, the fruits of his spirit. Our job is to bring him our needs, our wants, our petitions. It's his job to bring us into victories. And the reality, my friend, is this, having walked through this process many times before, that by the end of it, you really can't even tell others how he did it. Because he'll do it in such a way that is so absolutely miraculous that it doesn't even make sense. It's beyond human comprehension. We give those testimonies of the parts that we see, but it is so grand, so far beyond our ability to comprehend that we really can't say anything other than that he multiplied our loaves and fishes. He parted a sea in front of us in the face of our enemies. He strengthened us. In our Garden of Gethsemane, he revealed himself to us in unimaginable glory in our weakest moment when our faith was failing. All of it to remind us that he is the one who keeps the covenant. We just have to keep believing in it, in him. Keep living for it, preparing. For example, he tells us in the Bible all the way to the book of Revelations that he is coming back again for a pure and spotless bride for us. He is the one going to do it. We don't have to figure out how to make him come back. We don't have to figure out how to get him from heaven to earth. Our responsibility, our obligation as the bride is to prepare ourselves and keep waiting in faith and anticipation to endure till the end, maintaining our faith that he is who he is and that he is coming. And if we truly believe it, we will continually prepare for it. I think a great way to test whether we have unbelief is to see if we are still waiting for the things that he has promised, has spoken, or if we have started trying to take matters into our own hands to try to accomplish it. Oh, my friend, that's going to slow the process down. You're going to end up going around mountains in the wilderness. You're going to end up birthing Ishmael's instead of Isaac's. Keep your faith in his promises and in him to accomplish it. And in the waiting, don't be tempted to go back to try to do something that worked in a previous chapter of your life, in a previous battle, because God wants us to trust him right now. Faith is a present tense action. What you learned before can be for a learning. Don't get me wrong. God used lions and bears to prepare David for Goliath. But yet I have to give you a caution with this because what God told you to do last time When you obeyed, you did that in faith, following his leading. But if you try to keep doing the same thing the same way without seeking his face, because that you think now your knowledge base is sufficient, then it will become legalism, vain repetition that will lead you and others with you away from Jesus. Don't stop following to start leading. Be weary. This is the access point for a pharmaceutical spirit. You have to keep seeking and keep following God's leading. Don't assume to know anything. It was the pride of perceived knowledge that caused the fall of man in the first place. And it is still doing the same today. Understand this, that following God is a relationship. He is the bridegroom. We are the bride. It's a lot like a dance, but we have to let him be the husband and lead it. And don't be deceived into thinking that you know exactly what he is doing or going to do just because you danced this dance with him before. Because he continually changes the steps just to make sure that you're still following and can't lead. The dance. Prayer, worship, preaching, prophesying, evangelism, warfare, obedience. It's all about following his leading. It's about learning to be a good bride to him. Because remember, that's what he's coming back for in the end. Oh Lord, help us to get this in our spirit that it really is. About a relationship. You at the head of it. And while we sit here and labor in vain trying to figure out what we need to do. To see the enemy defeated and the lost saved. And I see the Holy Spirit sitting there quietly. Waiting for a moment to speak. To instruct us and to teach. This simple reality. That it's not a what... That brings the victories. It's a who. And if he be for you, then who can be against you? You see, the Bible tells us very clearly in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood or physical circumstances, but against powers and principalities and against the rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickednesses in high places. The victory is not to be found in the great depths of what you know. It's to be found in who you know. If you get baptized in him, saturated and permeated by his very presence, then he will move through you in all wisdom. And he will do the miraculous. And he will bring about his promises. And he will order the steps of the righteous. It's not about figuring out the right thing to do to fix everything. It's about coming to the one who is the solution to everything. It's about letting him be king and trusting him as such. It's about putting your faith in him so much that you bring the most impossible things to him in total assurance that he can fix it. It's about remembering that our existence is supernatural, spiritual, and eternal and believing it enough to address that realm more than the physical one. So today I implore you to stir up faith and get your mind out of the physical where you are surrounded by limitations and get your mind into a spiritual realm where the God of all creation is standing there to fight the battles for you. It tells us in Exodus 14, 14 one of my favorite verses in all of scripture that I will fight for you. You need only to be still and hold your peace. Oh, it takes great faith to do such a My friend, you need to get into the prayer closet and start praising again. Rejoice because the battle is the Lord's. He can do great and mighty things and he will hear the cry of a broken and contrite heart. So get before him. Repent of your sins. Repent of unbelief. Repent of self-righteousness. Repent of thinking that you can do anything in and of yourself and bring your petitions to him and then worship him and then let the Holy Spirit spirit began to speak through you utterances that no man would believe if he could hear them they might think you're crazy but it doesn't matter because they're going to do a work in the earth all it takes is for God's word to be released remember in the scripture the man said to Jesus you only have to say the word and my servant shall be healed and Jesus said no greater faith have I found in all of Israel Do you believe that simply the words of the king can change things? Do you believe that the Bible says that we are his gates, his doors, his mouthpiece? Now, I'm not talking about just saying a bunch of words and thinking it's going to happen. I'm talking about getting into the presence of the Lord God Almighty until he begins to speak decrees and proclamations through us. We don't know what to say. Well, that's okay. Pray in tongues until something comes or sing a song, or simply praise, or thank Him. Get up and walk around for a bit and worship. The Bible tells us to lift up your head, ye ancient gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the King of Glory might enter in. Again, I am not talking about vain repetition or speaking from your own emotions or imagination. I'm talking about believing that God himself can change things when we pray and ask him and avail ourselves to him if he sees fit to use us in such a manner to allow his words to move through us into the earth. Because my God is the God of all creation, and when he says something, it happens. His words do not return void. When he releases them, they will accomplish what they set forth to do. He keeps covenant unto a thousand generations, and there's nothing the devil can do to stop what he has decreed. This is what I believe, and I have seen the power of it manifested throughout my life, and I will continue to until he returns. Because what he has spoken, he will fulfill it. I am fully persuaded of this. I do not believe that anything, not height, nor depth, nor heaven, nor hell, nor angel, nor thing, in the earth above or beneath, can undo God's decrees. When heaven speaks, it simply must be, because He is the God of creation. His words can change the laws of nature, dispensations, His words dictate reality. So to put our faith in anything else, least of all ourselves, is the height of pride, deception, and unbelief. Now I will not follow my perceived knowledge, nor will I put my faith in the depths of it, because the depths of our knowledge is mighty shallow before the omnipotence of the God that I find.